How's it going? Thank you for coming back and checking out the next installment of Friends Till the End. This is a uh, special episode to come back after a month off of the show, and this will be the final episode of Friends Till the End for kind of the year one of the podcast. So this episode is a little bit different than other ones because my guest is a man named Desmond Peel whom I met through Instagram, and he does not actually have a podcast, but he does YouTube reviews of horror movies and goes to horror conventions and does, you know, just kind of covering the, the horror universe, similar to what we do here. So I had met Desmond and just kind of started following his page, watching a few of his videos, and the one thing that I did notice on his posts on Instagram is that he shares a lot about his transition as far as being a transgender from female to male. And that was something that was really interesting to me because as I've spoken about on this show and on the regular Who Will Survive shows and other things I've been on, you know, I'm a pretty liberal and open-minded person and I've, I've gone through a lot of growth over the past few years of really sort of expanding my understanding and my acceptance and my compassion and empathy towards people who do not have the same situation as me. You know, I I struggled for a long time with sort of having any of those feelings where I could really care about other people's problems and other situations that weren't relevant to me. And I would always kind of be that person in the backseat that would just be sitting there like, hey, you know, I I don't want to see anything bad happen to these people, but it's kind of not my problem. So I'm I'm just going to be over here and they'll be over there, and, you know, we can hang out, but I'm not getting involved. And 
you know, more and more as I get older and I see things become more good and more bad all at the same time, I, I feel like I just want to know more and become more in touch with things like this and just gain a more diverse group of, of friends and peers and contacts. And I think it all helps me to kind of grow as a person in a way where I can learn about these things that I didn't know anything about before. But also, I think what's cool about something like this is where Desmond agreed to come on and talk about his transition and what it was like growing up and at what point he knew certain things about himself. And it's nice because, you know, I didn't grow up around people that were transgender. I didn't grow up around people who were openly gay. I, I didn't even really grow up around people of color of any kind. I, you know, live around white average middle-class straight contemporary american bullshit and so it was nice for me to be able to ask a lot of questions and just get some information that maybe you would think oh well it's just sort of obvious or or you know what does that matter but when you really kind of pick apart all the little threads and and pull everything apart and, and learn more about these people that i talk to then I feel like I know where they're coming from more and it makes me even more empathetic and just more knowledgeable in general. And I mean, the whole thing with this side project of doing these friends till the end shows is that I wanted to get to know other people who are my peers through podcasting and movie reviewing and such, but I don't know them outside of that world. I just know them as the the guy or the girl that goes on YouTube or on their podcast and they talk about the same shit as me or different shit as me and you know, what else is going on besides that? Because we, we are all more than what we are presenting in our, our podcast or our social media lives. There, there's more to the story with, with everybody. There's more that we don't see in just in these short interactions of, oh, I saw your post and I liked it. I read your caption or I commented and you commented back. Like You don't get the whole story. You don't get to know people that way. And so I'm very grateful that I have this opportunity to get to talk to people and have the, the chance to just learn more and grow and expand and make more friends. I mean, the show is called Friends Till the End because I want to meet people through this world and talk to them and get to know them better and become their friends. And hopefully we stay friends for a long time. Like the title of the show is its silly, but it's also like I really hope that people like Desmond will be my friend until I stop talking to friends for whatever reason, whether I die or expire or drop off the face of the earth or move out of the country or you know go hide somewhere else that is not such a crazy place like what we have going on here in america but that's all whatever i won't get into any of that now so this was a really fun conversation uh, we talked about his show we talked about his transition and some of the other things that he had grown up with and what has been going on in his life and you know the nice thing in this story that will come out is that luckily because of where he grew up and because of the type of family that he grew up with things weren't quite as hard for him as they could have been in other places and other circumstances so it's you know it's nice that I'm hearing from him that he didn't have as many horror stories as I'm sure that a lot of transgender and and just you know LGBTQT people go through in general but um it's it's not always it's not always as good as things went for him 
and so I'm glad for him that it went that way, but I also know that it's not all just happy endings for everybody that goes through this process the way that he has gone through or people that are trying to go through these things. It doesn't always go so well and, and so perfectly and not perfectly, but there's, there's not always such a, a good outcome for people who have families and friends and other people in their lives that don't understand. And that's sad. I mean, it sucks because ultimately at the end of the day, we're all just people and you know, we all breathe the same air and bleed the same blood and walk on the same fucking ground. And, you know, whatever it is about you that makes you unique and makes you different and makes you special is great. It, it should be celebrated. It shouldn't be something that people are ashamed of or people are embarrassed of or that people are humiliated or tortured or, or rejected or even beaten up or killed over. I mean, it's just fucking crazy. But... Luckily, things are slowly turning around and, and we're seeing more positive stories like what Desmond's experience has been thus far. So I hope that you guys really enjoy this. And this was a really fun time for me because I got to learn, but also I you know made a friend out of all of this. And unlike everyone else who's been on the show before, Desmond and I had very little previous relationship. We had only just talked in a few comments on Instagram and I didn't know much about him besides just watching some of his YouTube videos and, and that was it. So, uh, yeah, it was nice and I'm, I'm very happy with how this turned out. So as far as, uh, just plugging my own stuff here, um, I, I have started a Patreon for this podcast and before you roll your eyes and you're like, Oh God, another person asking for money for their stupid fucking show. Nope. It's not even about me. So this Patreon, if you hadn't seen my post is the, the idea is that I am hoping to have people pledge to us for various tiers and we are going to pick different charities that will be for all different causes and all of the money collected through Patreon minus the Patreon user fee that they skim off the top. Uh, everything else will be donated directly to a charity. The charities will all be made known ahead of time. There's all kinds of tiers where you can pick movies. You can join the show for an episode. You can pick all the movies for a show. You can pick a charity. You can just donate money and not pick anything and just keep listening to the show or not listening. Um, there's, there's a lot on there. So please just consider all the money goes to a good cause. We're not keeping anything. All of our network or all of our, um, our server cost and, and feed is, is all covered by Legion podcast and by raw live and unedited podcast network. And so you can find us on those networks and on our own solo feed and, and all that is already taken care of. And, and the, the money is all going to go to good things and it will all be transparent. Every time that I make a withdrawal and a donation, it will all be posted so please go to patreon.com slash who will survive all one word and check out the tiers and please just consider it's only a, as little as a dollar um, up to, you know, $50 if you wanted to take over an entire show That's for, for $50, you could take over an entire show, pick all the movies, come on the thing if you want, pick the music and we will, we will be your muses. I don't know if I'm using that correctly, but whatever. Uh, all right, I've been running a little long here with this intro, but I was getting a little bit kind of emotional about that other stuff, and that's weird for me, so I wanted to just roll with it. So, uh, what else do we have coming up? I don't know. It's always shows coming out every week or so. We have our one-year anniversary 
is coming up at the end of November and a couple of cool shows before then and then we roll into Christmas doing some awesome Christmas time horror movies and hopefully another interview on the horizon as far as that goes and I think that's it so without any more further ado I give to you friends till the end part 12 with Desmond Peel being much more of a almost fringe horror fan at times where mm-hmm. I'm like I love these horror movies but then I find these amazing fringe horror movies or like horror adjacent movies we call them right that I'm like this is this is incredible I love this shit <laughs> well that's how I felt when I saw um, upgrade because it's like yeah I haven't seen I, that I, but I know oh I'm going man to love that. it's like just a total 80s throwback and um, the the violence is so incredibly like 
awesome and well done. It reminds me of like Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. Oh, okay. And like nice. the ultra violence. Yes. And um, uh, yeah, it's like it, it just feels like an action body horror film, and it's just it's it's fucking rad. Yeah, yeah. Paul Verhoeven's great. He's done two of my favorite action movies because he also did Total Recall. Yeah. Which you could totally see yep. when, when you watch them. Like I've watched both of them recently. And then I watched Total Recall after RoboCop, and I was going, oh, yeah, I could totally, there's definitely some RoboCop stuff in here. It's, like, very similar aesthetic in a lot of places and, and kind of the, the framing of things and the action shots and the way that the, the blood packs exploding and stuff are all very similar. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, his, I, I love a lot of his movies, and I I even have seen uh, Showgirls, which is like a, a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's so incredibly bad, but <laughs> man, is it That's fun okay. to watch. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that, but I have a lot of those like kind of very corny type of movies that would be a guilty pleasure of mine as well. Uh, yeah. the, one I, the one I always call back on is Clueless. That's one of my all-time oh, guilty one. pleasures. It was that's it definitely was, a fun one. Yeah, and I think at the time that came out, I was right in that like around high school era, so it was very relevant to me at the time too. You know, yeah, not, not relevant because like I didn't go to a school like that because schools like that don't really exist. I'm pretty sure, but right, uh, <laughs> but relevant in the sense of like, hey, I'm that age. That would be awesome if that was my life. Yeah, yeah I want to be Cher uh, and drive around in the pink Jeep or whatever she had. <laughs> That would be a sight to see. I'd like to see that. <laughs> All right. I might have to shave my beard a little bit, but. No, no, no. You keep the beard. And yeah, so, that's true. like. <laughs> it's like a parody. Just go all out. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Uh, now, you got, now you got content for a YouTube channel. You exactly, go. right? <laughs> sure, yeah. So, speaking of YouTube channel, why don't you. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your YouTube channel, which you review movies on. Yeah, so it's uh, it's called Desmond's Flicks. Uh, been doing it probably, I think it was end of April of 2017 is when I started. And um, man, it's just been a blast just talking about film. And um, mm-hmm. I do a variety of different movies from uh, retrospectives. Like right now I'm working on the uh, the Friday the 13th. Retrospective. I just mm-hmm. finished Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Okay. Uh, which, man, it's like I, I'm conflicted about that movie because on right. one hand, it's like it's has some great kills, some really good gore and blood. Yes. But, yeah. Man, is it a shitty Friday the Thirteenth movie? I know. That's, <laughs> my my biggest problem with that one is always it's one of my personal favorite looking Jasons that they have, mm-hmm. and you barely see him through the movie. Exactly. Because I'm like, exactly. man, this Jason looks so awesome. He's all like weird and melty. His head's all brainy looking and stuff. And he's all fucked up and disgusting. But you see him for like five minutes of the movie, maybe. And then the Something rest like of the time, that. he's just other characters. Yeah, it's almost like he's like this parasite just like jumping yeah. body to body. And it's, yes, it's yeah, kind of yeah. lame, you know, but <laughs> but the kills are, are pretty badass. Um, I but do yeah, love the, uh, the, the part the sort of homoerotic part when he ties the dude down and shaves his mustache oh, off yeah. before he body hops into him. <laughs> it's like, what has Jason oh, got yeah. against that guy's mustache? It's fucking weird. Man. Does he just he like to really shave did. people or? <laughs> no, Jason's a fucking creep. He's a total creep. He's a total creep. Plus, uh, in, in the one movie, he may or may not have raped uh, Chris prior to part three, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always a great definitely... debate. <laughs> 
it's definitely alluded to like yes, yeah. it's it's a little creepy mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i mean that's that's been a blast to go through um and i do like a lot of um recent horror films like of course i reviewed halloween um the new halloween movie mm-hmm. which i i think was incredible my second favorite in the series nice. um and then a not so good movie i watched recently that i reviewed on my channel is uh tales from the hood 2 which oh, okay. oh my god it's probably one of the worst horror films i've seen this year oh, uh it's too bad it's it's, it's too bad because it's like the original had some really great topics that were touched on and it had you know it, it was dark but it still had some some aspects of comedy in there so that you could kind of kind of laugh with you know how kind of just dark this these stories are mm-hmm. uh, but with this one they just went with total slapstick and when they did try to talk about uh current social events happening um especially within the black community it just doesn't hit it just is okay. like it, it's so uneven that sure sure such a big missed opportunity, which is which is a bummer. Um, but uh, so I but probably yeah. I probably won't understand because I won't be in touch, and I'll be like, oh, that must be what it's really like. And then right, <laughs> I'll be misled by the movie. Oh my god, yeah, it's <laughs> it's just like you know, it, it's sad when you see something like that, and it's mm-hmm. like man, you had a really awesome opportunity there to to do something that that could have been a conversation starter. Um, other than that, yeah, movie reviews. I go to uh, horror conventions. The last one I was at was uh, Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento. That was uh, in October of this year. And um, got the chance to meet C.J. Graham, uh, played Jason in uh, Friday the 13th Part 6. And he is a cool fucking dude. He's nice. just so chill, so down to earth. Gave me shit for wearing my uh, my Myers shirt when i went to meet him (laughs) (laughs) um but um but yeah man it's uh it's been a blast just getting into into the youtube scene and 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 talking about horror films and and connecting with other youtubers especially uh the the smaller horror youtubers like myself um where we just bounce ideas back and forth um i was like i was talking to uh derek uh from derek's horror corner about like you know some ideas that we have for for collaborating on some live streams to be able to you know maybe do something around nightmare on elm street okay. uh stuff like that is fun and um yeah, the that, horror community in general is just is really cool yeah that was going to be one of my questions is have you talked with any of these people about getting together to do like a not necessarily maybe a live chat or even just where the two of you record a video chat and then put that up because Primarily, your reviews are just you talking without any sort of conversation with another person. So um, is that something you'd like to get into or expand into more conversational uh, reviews of movies? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been uh, been reaching out to these guys and we're, you know, we're working to see how we can be able to make uh, make that work and, and, and nice. get that going. But it's, it's definitely something I want to do because... Mm-hmm. Uh, just talking about horror films, you know, for me, it's horror was always such a, a big part of of my childhood. That and right. uh, and comic books. It was such an amazing uh, release and uh, a way for me to kind of escape the things that were happening in my life, especially as a kid. 
um, and a teenager. Right. Uh, so it was, you know, a, a form of of catharsis for me. So this channel kind of taps into that for me. Sure. And so the primary focus is with horror movies, but you do sort of step outside of it a little bit. Do you? Yeah. Do you step way outside of it, or mostly just stick to more adult themed and and horror adjacent movies and stuff like that. Or do you yeah, do like I, other other goofy stuff like uh, superhero movies or kids movies or anything like that? Yeah, I I just stick to strictly horror, all horror, oh, okay. uh, and and mostly more you know in the R rated, some PG thirteen uh, territory. I I like to get more into the more underground horror films, um, especially like I I want to talk more about um, like the new French extremity films. I love. French horror films yeah, um, yeah. and Italian horror films. For sure. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I that I like to talk about in my reviews is is the use of practical effects as opposed to CGI, mm-hmm. uh, because there's there's something about seeing a horror film where everything is done uh, primarily with practical effects. It feels tangible. It feels like it's grounded within the real world. And, um, and I always like to understand how do they make that happen? How do they do that? Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, we can definitely set you up with some guest spots on other podcasts and, uh, you know, mine also, but also, you know, with some other people that I'm friends with and stuff, I'm sure would love to have you come on to be a, a guest on their show and just sort of talk and do this same type of thing but just talking about movies so right yeah thanks next man you, and I, next thing you know you'll have your own podcast too on the side of the youtube channel <laughs> you know like after uh after listening to your conversation with uh vanessa right. um man that that got me thinking like that sounds like so much fun just to be able to sure yeah. talk to like-minded people about something that you have a passion for and then yes, be able to yeah. talk about like you know what, what's going on in your lives and and yeah. all of that and have that all kind of come come back together right and and you know a lot of us i think we find that in our personal lives we don't have a lot of time to get together with other people and a lot of the people that maybe mm-hmm. we know in real life aren't into the same thing so you can't have these same kind of conversations and the nice thing with doing this too is, is you get to sort of diversify the types of people that you're interacting with where you know just in my immediate town and, and area and stuff i wouldn't be able to have the interactions with all these different types of people from different backgrounds that grew up in different areas and and have different experiences too so exactly just exactly. that part of it is is really cool too i think yeah um and you know i, I i've been able to to meet some some cool people through um through a facebook group called killer flicks uh, oh, which yeah, is kind of yeah. how, yeah, that's kind of how I got into doing um, YouTube horror films uh, or horror reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, just seeing a lot of those folks on there saying, hey, you know, I did a review of this or this and, and watching all of that and, and, and talking about all kinds of different horror mm-hmm. films from a variety of genres uh, is just so much fun. And then you discover films that you never even knew about that once you watch them, you're just like, Oh shit! This has become like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Recently, that happened with me uh, with this film called Dagon, um, and okay. it's quickly become one of my favorite horror films. Have you seen Dagon? Uh, no. Is that the old? It's a Stuart Gordon one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I know of no. it, but I have not seen it. 
It's oh man, you gotta watch it. It's so good. Right. Uh, but Reanimator is is one of my, I would say top yeah. 10, ten or twenty favorite horror movies. So you know, same guy. I know that uh, some of the same actors are in it and stuff. So right, yeah. I mean, Dagon was originally supposed to be um, with both uh, Robert Crampton and Jeffrey Combs, um, but they couldn't get the the film off the ground back in the eighties because. The studio that they were working with was like, no one wants to see a movie about fish people. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't get to make it until I think it was like 99 or 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and watching it recently, it's and, and it also came out before uh, the video game uh, Resident Evil 4. If you okay. watch Dagon, it's you can see how much it influenced Resident Evil 4. Okay, that video game has completely lifted tons of scenes from that movie and it's like wow how much this influenced this video game is pretty astounding even down to how uh the people in this village talk to um to just like the overall setting it's very uh very lovecraftian in the way that it's it's crafted nice so for your reviews that you do do you tend to do more new or at least modern movies or do you kind of mix it and do a a balance of new and old ones or do you have sort of like themes where you go in different waves because i know like for our show we bounce around a little bit but my primary interest is mostly in newer horror where i newer independent where i'm trying to find kind of the things in between the cracks the stuff that doesn't make it to the theater and and isn't as quite as well known at least that i like to talk about but do you kind of bounce around with a lot of that or do you have more of a favorite thing that you like to go to? Well, I've been focusing a lot on uh, on newer films, um, mm-hmm. primarily because um, I, I really enjoy the, the theater going experience. I love going to the movie theater and seeing a movie on the big screen. Right. Um, but I, I really have been wanting to focus a lot more on uh, indie and international horror. Right. Um, Especially, like, I, I started uh, working on some new French extremity films. Uh, the, the first one I reviewed was Frontiers. Um, and then also Australian horror films uh, like Wolf Creek, which is, I think, is, is an underrated horror film. Um, I really enjoy that one. Yeah, I actually um, watched that video because we just did we just did Wolf Creek in our, our mega review episode where we did kind of a short review of it ourselves. But right. And I saw that you did it recently too, and I have watched that one. So, oh, right on, right on. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in Ghost Stories, another one that I reviewed pretty recently, a uh, British horror film, uh, really, really well done film. It's, it, you think it's going one way, and by the last fifteen minutes, it's a total mind fuck. Um, but yeah. I also try to do like, uh, like unboxings. Um, so sure. I. Uh, I get horror pack every month, so which is a lot of fun because you get a variety of different horror films in there. And um, there's one that I got that I haven't seen in a really long time in my last horror pack, which is Hannibal, um, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, which I really want to watch oh, again and review on my channel because um, I want to get more into like a more like exploitation horror films, um, more of like you know 70s, 80s horror films more on my channel. Uh, just because I feel like it's such an interesting time uh, for horror films. I mean, now yeah. is a really interesting time too, but late 70s and, and 80s horror films, it's just, there's such a wide variety of 
horror films that were coming out, a lot of experimentation, um, and it Absolutely. was really cool time where where practical effects were just taken to the next level. Yeah, and I, I think you know it speaks for itself that it's not by accident that so many people have movies from the 70s and 80s in their top 10s so many people go back to talking about those movies and so many people consider them classics like it's not just a coincidence or an accident that that happened i mean it's it's like that for a reason those movies are good because the proof is there that that's why so many people love them you know it wouldn't just be a coincidence that so many people say that 80s whatever type of movies are their favorites or there'd be so many podcasts and review channels and stuff dedicated to stuff like that so yeah i mean you see that resurgence with with films like mm-hmm. mandy or uh, terrifier that just feels you know straight up pulled right from the 80s yeah and i think that's the cool thing about now is because of the diversity of platforms you're getting a lot more stuff and maybe people have to work a little harder and be more creative or do different ways to fund these projects but the fact that there is a place for them to go is motivating people to actually do it mm-hmm. and you're you're getting where it's not just like oh the popular thing now is xyz formula and so you know in the 80s that was one of the knocks on it is well the slashers became popular and then the whole rest of the 80s just became about copying the thing that already made money and trying to do it in a slightly different way right but you get copycats now but you get other people doing stuff that's totally different and and all the different genres i think are having good results in them there's good found footage there's good slasher there's good monster there's good supernatural just because there's so many people that it can make movies now the technology is there the platforms are there so it's a interesting time to experiment and and also an interesting time to be an observer like you or i and just pick these things out and talk about them and try and see what the the landscape is now yeah yeah it's definitely an exciting time for Mm -hmm. for the horror genre especially the slasher genre it's it'll be cool to see what what happens over the next year especially after the huge success of halloween sure yeah and uh i i could probably i'm not sure exactly when the show will be out but i've been sort of holding my thoughts back because marco and i are going to discuss halloween and one of the ideas we had was that we would we would try and guess what each of us rated the movie like how well do we know each other yeah (laughs) and uh so i've been just saying well i liked it but i can't say anything more than that but yeah i really liked that one a lot it was it it falls somewhere in that top three or four Mm -hmm. it's 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 hard to align everything beyond the first one because i i like two i like four or i like two and three and i like the new one so it's like I'm not sure how I exactly have them all placed, but I, I definitely have it way up there. I loved it. So, yeah, I for me it's uh, the original, the new one, and I love Part Four. Part Four is actually one of my favorite sequels sure. of uh, of the of the franchise. It's just yeah, that yeah. Re- that relationship between you know the the foster sisters, and mm-hmm. I love that portrayal of Michael Myers in that film. He's just a freaking badass like he just shoves his thumb into like dude's forehead like who does that <laughs> i know i just wish they gave him a better mask in that movie because he looks yeah. like an asshole the whole time yeah <laughs> he does it's just it's and like I think the worst like, mask there's like one part where um i think it was like his hair was pink or blonde i forget but they like got had the wrong mask in one of the shots and you obviously see it and they yeah, yeah. forgot to change it out. <laughs> I do remember that. 
but yeah, what are you gonna do? The inconsistencies are great. I mean, even yeah. the the inconsistencies inconsistencies in the original Halloween are fun to point out. I just went to the theater; they were replaying the original one before the new one came out, and. I went with my son and he and I had seen it a bunch of times and so we were just kind of watching it joking about the things that were inconsistent like you know the whole story about how it wasn't really filmed in the fall and they had just bags of leaves that they were dumping out all over the place and recollecting the leaves and scattering them in the new locations <laughs> so you're walking by and it's all these leaves and and it looks like fall but then all the trees are green there's like flowers in the background and shit right and you're like man this is the greenest fall ever I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> there's just a lot of silly stuff like that that you could point out and go like oh you know that was just the time they and, had to yeah. do what they had to do one it's you know just it just shows the uh you know what you can do with so little especially in indie uh indie filmmaking and indie right. horror films um mm -hmm. it's just i that's that's one of the reasons why i I love horror films and especially indie ones because there's you just see the amount of creativity that writers and directors and cinematographers and, and actors will put into a film and, and and find ways like okay yeah we don't have the money but you know we'll, we'll find a way to, to make this work and there's so many times where it just turns out so badass yeah absolutely so uh, before uh, before we transition out of talking about the podcast and into kind of the phase two here, um, I just, I, the only reason I want to let people know that I'm explaining more to you because unlike everyone else who's been on the show, you and I don't have much of an ex a pre-existing relationship. We kind of just right. met recently. So I'm just kind of walking you through how this whole thing works here for me. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 but, uh, before we move into that, uh, we'll we'll leave a little space at the end where you can plug all your social media and your channel and stuff. But uh, just to kind of give people a little more of an idea of what you're about there, is there maybe a few either of your favorite movies or maybe like some underground, not underground, but you know maybe a, a hidden gem or something that you might have to recommend or anything like yeah. that as far as movies go yeah i mean definitely uh dagon is at the top uh nice. i think that's just a phenomenal horror film um i'm actually looking back at my collection right now because i'm like huh let's see what else uh what else i'd recommend um yeah i mean that's like the first one that pops to mind uh the changeling I really enjoy that one a lot with George C. Scott. Um, Exorcist 3, I think, is really underrated. Uh, also okay. with uh, George C. Scott. Um, what else? Um, if you haven't seen Mandy and you know, you're know you into more the kind of, it, it feels like a blood-soaked LSD trip. At least that's how I explained it in my yeah, review. Yeah. It's, it's more, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's very ethereal. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely feels very, very dreamlike um and it reminded me of the time that i was on mushrooms so <laughs> nice. so you know it's uh i think that those would be like some ones I, i'd i'd recommend to some folks oh and uh the evil within uh, which came out last year it was uh directed by this i can't remember his name but um but that was his only film and then mm -hmm. shortly afterwards i believe he committed suicide um yeah. and so it's his one and only film he wrote and directed. It's took him about, I think, 10 years to make, maybe 15, um, to actually put together. And okay. 
it's it's a it's a bit of a gem. I mean, it's it's streaming right now on Prime on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and um, you just get into the mind of this uh, this individual where he uh, he's has some um, emotional and mental issues. He's kind of he's kind of slow, um, and he has an older brother that's taking care of him, but he's able to tap into this kind of um, uh, other other side of himself through this mirror. And sure, um, sure. It, it's it's probably one of the strangest and most uncomfortable horror films I've I've experienced in recent memory, and nice. I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, what about any any classics like more of your obvious favorite movies? What would be some yeah. of your, your uh, I guess what you would call like top tens, but in that more classics that people would know the Halloween's, the Aliens, the, that type of stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. My. Uh, my favorite horror film of all time is The Thing. I love The Thing. And oh, nice. Just absolutely perfect end to end. There's not one thing I can find bad about that film. And every yeah. single time I watch it, it's always enjoyable. I always have a good time watching it. And um, yeah, it's and weird those... because it's it's like a downer movie that's enjoyable to watch for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why am I enjoying this? This is not enjoyable. I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's just fucking Carpenter magic. Yeah, that's a testament to how amazing <laughs> Carpenter is as a director, and and also like you have this cast, and every single one of the cast members are incredible. It's such a great ensemble, mm-hmm. and the 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 pacing the feeling of dread that that um paranoia about like well who was it now who was it now it's not me it's you and everyone turning against one another um and the music the sound design kurt russell being just a total badass with that amazing beard like <laughs> everything about it is just top notch um, yeah absolutely so i would say uh i'll say the thing alien is up there nice um I love uh, Slumber Party Massacre. That's one of my favorite uh, slasher movies. Okay, uh, I've never actually seen that one. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a lot of fun. I, I believe it came out in 1982, and it's um, it's essentially a, a satire of the slasher genre, and it's uh, written, produced, and directed by all women. It's uh, I would definitely say it's like a feminist horror film and has underlying tones of you know the, the the fear of um, of uh, male impotence, especially with the guy's drill and like his drill bit malfunctioning and and things like that. It's uh, okay. it's pretty on the nose with its satire, and it's <laughs> it's a fun movie. Uh, nice. So yeah, some of the party massacre. Uh, I love the Prowler. That's okay. a, some classic slasher movie and amazing sure, sure. special effects by, yes. by Tom Savini. That's some of his best stuff, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah, that and um, and the burning. He also did that as well, which has mm-hmm. some pretty awesome uh, practical effects. Um, but yeah, yeah th- those are usually like my uh, my go tos. I-, I tend to go like either sci-fi, horror, or uh, or slashers. Those are my my favorite subgenres. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I uh, I had seen a few of those that you mentioned, and I didn't see the Slumber Party Massacre one. But yeah, I love Alien. We did a show where we did our our favorite horror icons, mm. and uh, Ripley was one of my favorite icons of horror. Yeah, I mean, she's just oh, I know, she's amazing. Yeah, she's iconic. It's just when when you see her on screen, and especially in Aliens, and 
she's just a she just steps up and comes this total badass right well yeah the evolution from the beginning of the first movie to the end of the first movie mm -hmm. and then what her her sort of final form is i guess in aliens is cool so yeah and you, it's uh it's cool to see uh that also in terminator and terminator 2 with sarah connor it's the same kind of mm -hmm. character yeah where yeah. it's like victimized character then becomes um you know the is able to to fight for herself and she's the one that's actually like leading the pack mm -hmm. um and, and becoming the leader of of the resistance against either machine or uh, or an alien right yeah those are some good movies i always uh my my favorite is uh, is texas chainsaw massacre i don't know why they took oh movies. yeah <laughs> A, I'm like, why, why, is it, why can't I remember what my favorite movie is? <laughs> the fuck is going on? Um, but yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is my favorite, and then I have a weird mix of the stuff from the 2000s, stuff from the 70s and 80s, and like I think the only thing from the 90s. I was just looking, going, what are my favorite 90s movies? And I only have Scream as like an honorable mention, yeah. so I guess it would be in that that range we were talking about before of the 11 to 20 movies. Right, of, right. Outside of your top ten, so. But, you know, uh, I I would definitely like put In the Mouth of Madness in there from one of my favorite '90s horror films. Uh, it's another Carpenter movie. Yeah, uh, that's funny. We just covered that, and it was so we had all these weird topics, and one of the topics was to pick a movie that we've wanted to see for a long time, but have never just like made the time to see it. Right. And so that was my choice for one. I had to pick like five of those movies. So that was one of my five movies. And Marco had seen it once like forever ago when it came out. Mm -hmm. And we were both like, wow, this is great. I don't know why, you know, I haven't been watching it all this time. And <laughs> so, yeah, I love that one quite a bit, too. And I think it's something that when I watch it again, not part of like sort of a marathon like I was doing, mm -hmm. I think I'll appreciate it even more when my brain is a little bit more functioning. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a one. phenomenal one. Yeah. And, and what I actually forgot to mention as one of my favorite classics is Suspiria. I love Suspiria. Okay. That's one of my favorite horror films of all time. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I had never seen that. I watched it just recently, but I knew, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to like it. So I went mm -hmm. in kind of thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. And I ended up just sort of not really not getting mm -hmm. into it. And it's something that there's a lot of stuff that I can respect that I just go, well, it's not for me and I just don't really like it. And right. so I wouldn't go, oh, it's it's a fucking three out of 10 or like the worst movie of all time or something, you know, <laughs> like I'm, no, I'm realistic you. about it. So I'm not going to rate it as like it's total shit or something. But yeah, I just I didn't like it, but it's not really my thing. I'm not into that sort of um, dream state, slow burn, witchcraft and and weirdness and stuff that that uh, argento does a lot of that so that right. one's tough on me but i can appreciate what it is it's just something that i don't really care for that much right well i i have the same feeling about um i just recently watched salem's lot the original okay. like it was the mini mini series from the 80s or late 70s yeah i've never um, seen that either you know, for how much people talk about how this is like, you know, it was so scary and, and everything for its time, mm -hmm. compared to other films, to me at least, it just doesn't hold up. It's just, it's just too corny for me. And uh, sure, yeah. the vampire design was cool, but for about, I think it's about three and a half hours long, you finally get <laughs> yeah. to see like, you know, the Nosferatu looking vampire at like the 30 minute mark. 
Mm-hmm. I, it was just such a slog for me. Yeah. Well, it definitely violates one of my rules of being too long. Mm-hmm. So usually if something like anything over two hours is tough, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be very skeptical of anything over two hours. And then when you get into two and a half hours, then I'm like, okay, well now you're just getting crazy. Right, right. <laughs> and then when it's like more than that, I'm like, I'm just not even going to bother because I know I'll get bored before it's over. Like I can't watch TV shows anymore because my attention span is too short. Because I mm. go, well, I just watched two hours of this. I don't know what the fuck is happening yet. Well, you got to wait <laughs> another week. I'm like, no, I'm I'm moving on. You can well, have your um, eight hours of TV. I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> have you seen um, The Haunting of Hill House? I know you're not really into to ghosts and stuff, but it's it's a pretty phenomenal show. No, my girlfriend is about to watch it. She just left actually today to take a trip to go visit her friend in Hawaii for a couple of weeks. Oh, she nice. She downloaded the entire series on her computer so she can watch it while traveling and stuff. So, oh, so yeah, she's going to report back to me. But uh, but I I probably would give it a chance if I watched, uh, like I guess, serialized content, you could say. But mm-hmm. I don't really. Uh, I, I pretty much just stick to movies. So. I- Right. There's plenty of those to watch. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I think that kind of gives people a good idea of what your show is about. And, I mean, this is also a little bit of a step outside of the normal for this show because I've always had other people that I know from podcasting. And you're not in the traditional sense of podcaster, but you're still kind right. of doing the same thing, just in shorter recorded video forms of right. podcasting. So, But yeah, that's cool because I, mean, I haven't really talked yeah. to a lot of people that do just the YouTube editing or YouTube videos or reviews like that. You know, everyone that I know does like these longer two and three hour shows and whatever, where we talk endlessly about shit. So, right. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's, it's been a really awesome creative outlet to be able to, to get into YouTube and I'm a designer as a profession. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's fun for me to be able to, to use my skills from that trade into my hobby, talking right. about horror films. Um, yeah. Do you? Uh, I just thought of a question about that oh. before I move on of, of the YouTube stuff. But do you do you find it hard to make the content short enough, or harder to make the content long enough? And do you write out the majority of your copy as far as doing like reviews? Obviously, the unboxing is more of a reaction thing, so you can't right. react. To, to something that's pre-written out when you don't know what you're reacting to. Mm-hmm. But um, when you do the other ones, do you kind of like write it out and do you find it hard to make it long enough? Like I've done some a little bit of solo stuff, like the intros, and sometimes right. I'll be going for like 15 minutes and I'm like, what the hell, I need to cut this down to like 10. And then other times yeah. I'll be at five minutes and I'll just be like treading water going like, uh, what am I going to say for five more minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to um, just kind of let all my thoughts kind of just come out as I'm doing my review. And then there's times where it's like, it'll be 10 minutes of me just rambling. And then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna edit down my rambling, find the parts where I'm like really talking about the meat of the film, because I'll I'll talk about uh, the actors, the cinematography, special effects, all of those things and kind of break it down as I'm just kind of saying my my thoughts out as I'm thinking about the film okay. and then condense it down to um, to a portion where I'm like, okay, that sounds like I've hit all of the pieces that I wanted to hit about mm-hmm. the film and then go ahead and, and uh, sync that up with video. Sure. Yeah, because your, your reviews tend to be what, like in the four to six minute range? 
Yeah, yeah. For the usually, review ones, at least. Yeah, usually around that range. I, I try to keep them short because I, you know, I, I, for me, I like watching uh, YouTube movie reviews that are relatively quick because I want to get an yeah. idea of of the gist of it. Um, for um, for my retrospectives, like for Friday the Thirteenth, uh, they're longer because. I, you know, Friday the Thirteenth. I've always loved since I was a little kid. So there's a yeah. lot of thoughts that I have about mm -hmm. it, and so there's times where I just want to really talk about, you know, why did uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven, The New Blood, get so censored? Well, here's why. Here's all the behind the scenes stuff that was going okay. on that that kind of stopped it from being probably the best in the series. It could have been pretty damn awesome if. If the mm -hmm. censors make them pull all the the amazing kills that were in that movie, um, so yeah, I mean it's none of it is scripted. I just have an idea of what I want to talk about because um, cool. I just I, I I like to kind of just watch the movie and then talk about it immediately. Okay. Um, it's fresh in my mind because it's for me it's a uh, it, it's more of just a flow that I that I go with with my reviews. Oh, that's good. I, I like that. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh... I think uh, we can move on from the first half where we talk about your your show and your creative content and into some more personal stuff. Yeah. So I hadn't brought any of this up yet because I guess for anyone listening, I, I mean, there's no mystery because it will be, I'll, I'll probably have to reference something in the description. So if anyone read the description, then they're already going to know a little bit about your backstory. But I wanted to kind of let people just get to know you and then you know, bring this up later about that you are actually uh, transgender to a man, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so I'm, I'm just going to kind of throw some stuff out there as it comes to me. Yeah. Because my experience with transgender people is pretty much you and anything I've seen on TV. So <laughs> I've never really, I don't know anybody that is or any, you know, have any experience as far as that goes so yeah um to me it's more just i'm gonna i'll kind of throw some stuff out and if there's anything where you're like i don't really wanna that's that's a bit too much just like it's uh, you totally don't have to answer anything you don't want to or or dance yeah, around gonna, anything so that's all i'm good. an open book and i i like to be very uh transparent about my experience because i feel like talking about um mm -hmm. you know my my transition just just helps to put a put a face to to uh to a community sure sure now, uh, well, how old are you now, and how long ago did you start the process? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I'm 34. I actually started last year when I was 33. Okay. Um, so it's relatively recent, very recent, when I when I began my transition. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was what was your what was your name before you had yeah transitioned? So uh, my name was uh, Desiree, and. Uh, okay changed to Desmond. Actually, my, my grandparents, I was raised by my grandparents when I was a kid and they used to call me Desmond as a kid. Uh, so okay. it was, it felt like it felt natural for me. Plus my, my nickname with my close friends and family is Des. So it's, it was yeah. easy. Uh, now you also are, uh, some sort of Hispanic background, right? Yeah. I'm a Filipino, Puerto Rican, Serbian, and a, and a mixture of English, Irish, and Scottish. Okay. So a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, a lot of so, things in my butt. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, even uh, I'm, I'm like I think more than half Scottish. I've never had it all actually tested, but 
um, and then like a bunch of other shit after that. So the other fifty percent right. is like made of ten different things. So. <laughs> oh, right on, right on. But um, what? I guess uh, you know what age or around what time in your life did you really start feeling like you knew that that was something, or, or like that you wanted to be a, a man or or boy at the time, depending on what age you were. Yeah. Um. You know, I I've known since I was a little kid. Um, okay. I just uh, I remember as like probably I was like five or six years old before I go to bed. I I'd pray at night to wake up a little boy. Okay. Um, it wouldn't happen, obviously, but <laughs> it was something that I did every night. Um, I just always always felt like I was a boy. Uh, okay. And my my grandparents treated me like a boy. Okay. And probably the hardest time of my life was, was going through puberty because that was when I was like, no, none of this matches. All of sure, this sure. does not match what's on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a, a very difficult and confusing time for me. Sure, sure. Now, as you were growing up, uh, was there a point where you... I'm trying to think of like the right way to say it, but is yeah. did you... Were you always like... Um, you know presented as a or or, you know that you were a woman in public or a girl as you're growing up but that you were almost more uh, more masculine or or less feminine than the other girls right yeah yeah yeah. um so i would say like when i was in my when i was a little kid i looked really girly because my my grandma would always just kind of dress me up in somewhat girly clothes but Mm -hmm. i got to to wear like my my boy clothes at home Mm -hmm. um once I got into high school, um, I really was like, no, I, I need to be a girl. Like, I need to, like, girl this up, <laughs> like, ten times more. Sure, so sure. that was when I started wearing makeup and, and everything. And it it didn't feel right. I felt like mm-hmm. I was putting, like, clown paint on my face and yeah, <laughs> putting, on, right. putting on clothes that just didn't fit right. right. Um, and I felt awkward, but I was like, nah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Sure. Um, once I got into college and I discovered that, oh, wow, like there's something about me that's a little bit different. I think mm-hmm. I might be a lesbian. And that was when I like I cut all my hair, started dressing uh, butch, uh, considered myself um, a butch lesbian mm-hmm. um, from the age of 18 to about maybe 30 or 32. Um, right. and identified with that. Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say butch before. I was. I was like oh, dancing no, around I, that word. So. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> okay. I was. Uh, I, I was definitely a, a butch lesbian for okay. sure. Um, and uh, you know, it was, it was interesting, kind of living my life that way because I, I never really identified with the lesbian community because I always felt like a dude inside, and I sure, wanted sure. to just bro out with my with my guy friends sure. and they would bro out with me but it was it was different than how they treat each other yeah yeah well i think there's definitely something to that because like you know my girlfriend is she's you know she does crossfit she's into she's not into like the the more feministic thing like she doesn't really do makeup very often hardly ever you know she doesn't wear dresses a lot like it's she's much more of a um a, you know not as feminine of a girl I, I wouldn't even say she's butch but she's <laughs> she's you know what i mean she's more of a less feminine female like a tomboy or something yeah yeah tomboy but she's 
for sure much more about uh you know women's rights and like she's very in touch with her feminine side and and like what it is to be a woman and the importance of that so i can see that where if you're like well i don't even identify with this group like yeah i like girls so i could you know do that thing but i'm, I'm not i'm not into what being a woman is about whether yeah. you're you know putting on lipstick or you're at a, a rights for for women rally or or you know whatever it is you're doing that makes you a woman right and see no, that totally. you you don't connect with that so it feels like you are kind of on the wrong side i guess you know yeah it it definitely just it, it felt like i was just playing this weird dress up mm -hmm. uh, and um you know it was it was really difficult because i didn't really understand what was going on and mm -hmm. i would say by the time that I turned 30 was the time when I was like, mm, there's something just not quite matching up because I, I just don't feel like I'm whole. Okay. And I had a lot of uh, body dysphoria, especially with my chest, because I didn't identify with my chest. It felt like it was foreign to me. Sure. Um, and so last year it was October of last year is when I had top surgery. And okay. after that happened, as soon as I woke up from surgery, it was like my life started mm -hmm. um, and I became a man. Oh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, you know, not to be rude, but breasts is a, yeah. a very, a very Absolutely. womanly identified thing. You know, it's it's very connected to women and it's a big part of whether it's breastfeeding or the attraction to breasts mm -hmm. or the presentation of breasts or the thought of them or it's definitely a very big part of, of womanhood. I agree. Yeah. So I could see that being like, oh, there we go. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It it was like finally how I viewed myself on the inside was reflecting on the outside. Mm -hmm. And it was um, one of the most liberating feelings I've ever had. And nice. um, ever since then, it's just um, it's it. I feel more and more like myself that yeah. who I've who I've been on the inside is, is, is finally just completely out there and um and it just okay. makes me feel a lot more comfortable in, in my own skin sure sure uh was there ever a point where you i don't know had had like gone about things in a certain way where i, I don't know if you like had ever experimented with like oh, i'm just gonna pretend that i'm a boy for a day and then like people made fun of you or did you ever kind of go through a point of sort of being harassed about it or did you always really keep it super low-key and under wraps and not really put it out there so that you couldn't be vulnerable to it right um yeah i would say once i because i i presented very butch i wore men's clothing um from the age of like i would say like really got into it um mm -hmm. and really dressing very masculine by the time i was about maybe 21 22 mm -hmm. um and you know back then i was like a little a little baby butch um so i was like just kind of you know, soft butch, kind of a you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> cute little 21 year old. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, it was like, I really took that, I really butched it up. <laughs> and nice. at that point, <laughs> that was, that was the time when I got, um, you know, I, I live in the Bay Area. And although it's very progressive out here, like in San Francisco and Oakland, I, I still got harassed. Um, been called all kinds of names, uh, been threatened with physical violence um, because of the fact that, you know, I presented masculine as this female. 
Sure. And um, it was uh, it was difficult. There were times where you know, I mean, every time it hurt because mm-hmm. I'm just living my life, walking down the street, and someone calls me a dyke or threatens to beat me up. It, mm-hmm. it hurts every single time, but you have to put up this front of like, no, this doesn't bother me because I yes, don't yeah. want them to see that they're getting to me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that only fuels it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really difficult for me living my life like that. And even mm-hmm. little things like going to the bathroom in public, um, going to women's ba- bathroom. I've been blocked from going into the bathroom. I've been chased after by people when I'm trying to use the bathroom. Wow. Um, it was, always very embarrassing and uh, demoralizing mm-hmm. for me um sure, and sure. it got me to the point where i had this phobia of using public restrooms because it was like i don't i don't feel comfortable going in there and i'm worried that you know I, i'm gonna have someone chase after me just because i want to go pee <laughs> sure sure <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah for sure it's difficult um have you um since transitioning, have you had any real like issues with that as far as people? I mean, obviously, I'm sure people like on YouTube or Instagram once in a while, like some fucking asshole trolls or whatever are going to make r- ignorant comments. But besides just like stuff like that, have you really um, found that it's almost better in the situation you are now than before? Yes, absolutely. A hundred times. Yes. Um, which. On one hand, it makes me happy because it's like, oh, I can finally be myself and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not called any names. Um, I can just live my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it also makes me sad because I'm like, man, it, it, it took for me to get, you know, get on testosterone and, and cut my tits off to be treated sure, like sure. a human being. Yeah. Well, uh, and it's sad for all the, the girls that are actually mm-hmm. still lesbians that aren't feminine looking and, and go through all that same shit that you went through but that's what they that's who they want to be for the rest of their life and they're like fuck i'm still stuck with this you know yeah it's um it's fucked up and um you know it's it's definitely made it for me to where when i do see something where someone's being either sexist or or homophobic in some way i immediately step in because it's like no Mm -hmm. i have zero tolerance for that they're sure you know it's it brings up a lot of things for me because I know what it's like. I know Absolutely. what it's like to, I, I've been catcalled by guys and it sucks. It's mm-hmm. weird and it's gross. And <laughs> no girl, no woman likes it. No, and no. so, you know, when, when I'm dating someone and they tell me about, yeah, I was just you know, walking home from the grocery store and X amount of guys are yelling at me. Mm-hmm. It, it pisses me off because it's like that shouldn't happen and not feeling safe in your own neighborhood whereas now you know i can walk in the middle of oakland at night late at night and i feel the safest i've ever felt sure. there's no problems there's no issues and i can be able to to walk home with with that certainty that i'm gonna be fine um, yeah yeah so it's uh it, on, it, it feels almost like a double-edged sword for me. It's like I'm happy, but this is kind of fucked at the same time. Yeah, I know what you mean because um, I I run a lot. So when I'm out running, I often, I mean, I'm always alone. I go running alone mm-hmm. every time that I go. And I go running like on, on paths. I'm out at night and all these different situations. And I can only think of like, man, if I was a girl, like how fucking scared would I be right now? 
You know, right. I think about that all the time when I'm out by myself in these uh, bike path off off the road. No one can see. Like it's dark. It's whatever. And I'm like, God, that would be so scary. If like, not that someone couldn't, you know, beat the shit out of me and try and steal my phone or something. Cause I don't have any money on me when I'm running, just my phone. But. Right. <laughs> It's like, not that that couldn't happen to me as well, but I'm sure there's much less likely of a chance that someone's going to just attack a guy to try and steal his phone. Exactly. Someone's going to attack a woman to try to rape her. Yeah. And that's the, that's the sad truth of it is is that that's, you know, that, that is the way that it is. And with, um, I have a lot of, of female friends and when, you know, if they come over to hang out, I'm like, okay, please text me as soon as you get to your door. I need to know that you're home safe. Yeah. No matter if you're driving home or if you're taking a lift, whatever it is, I need mm-hmm. to know because I, I get way too worried about my my female friends out there because I I know what it's what it's like, and I'm not saying that it's like you know this war zone outside. It's just anything can happen. Oh yeah, when absolutely. You're a woman by yourself. Yeah, and anywhere too. Like you could be in a totally safe neighborhood, and you never know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You hear about it all the time, so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm more likely to get mauled by a deer trying to feed it while I'm out running than right. I am to get attacked by a guy. Because I, <laughs> I always try and feed the deer when I see them. And one of these days, they're going to be like, dude, fuck off. And they're just going to, like, trample me. <laughs> calling the hospital. I got mauled by a deer. Come pick me up. <laughs> that would be quite, quite a headline. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> it would so be worth it, though. Oh yeah, I I would love to see a headline like that. Yeah. <laughs> Man mauled by deer while whilst feeding it. <laughs> yeah, while he was out jogging. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what an asshole! What is this guy doing? What did he do to that deer? Yeah. <laughs> I just tried to bring it home with me to be my pet. I mean, naturally, that's that's what mm. you do when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have a greyhound. He's like a small deer with no antlers. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. They totally look like deer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you when you were growing up, when you were still identifying as a woman or living as a woman, at least, and and when you were younger, um, was there ever a point where you had like dated any boys or had a boyfriend or anything like that, or did you go through sort of a, um, I guess for lack of a better term, like a confused sexuality because hey. of not really understanding your identity as well? Yeah, um, I had one boyfriend in high school. I think we dated for like six months. Um, And we literally would just hang out and play video games. (laughs) Um, I didn't want to really do anything beyond that because it felt weird to me. Uh, Because for me, how I've explained it is that I always felt like a straight guy in a woman's body. Mm -hmm. So I'm like with this guy and I'm like, this is weird because I have like no attraction to you. And yeah, it was just, it was awkward. So after that, it was like, I dated a couple guys after that, but it just, nothing ever really happened from it. Um, And so once I got into college and I started dating women, that was when I was like, oh, okay, it all makes sense now, I like girls. Um, But even while dating them, it was like, "Mm, I don't feel like a lesbian. I, I feel like I'm a straight guy. And we definitely would uh, pick up those gender roles where I was more the guy and, and she sure, was sure. the girl. Um, not trying to sound stereotypical, but that that was the way that it that it worked with um, the girlfriends that I've had. Sure. 
Yeah, I think you see that dynamic sort of work out quite often mm-hmm. where even even if it's a little bit more of a split, like somebody seems to be more of one than the other, I I think. I don't I don't know oh, yeah, totally. people, but it seems like it's kind of a, a fairly common thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you had never actually had sex with a guy then? Nope. Before? I, I'm what you would call, um, at least when I was a lesbian, a gold star lesbian. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, yeah, I've, I've heard of, uh, I, I know a few a few gay men that have talked about that they are or aren't a gold star uh, a gold star gay, I guess they would call it. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah it just one of, n- uh, never happened. One of, one of our previous guests on this show and uh, friends through the same network is a show called Fry Gay the 13th. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it's two gay two gay men who are friends, uh, and Andrew and Maddie, and they. It's actually pretty good. You would like it because they talk about they they do horror in real life and horror in media. So they'll okay. they'll do like oh this is some fucked up shits happening in real life, and then here's a movie or two that's kind of similar to that. Oh, that's really cool. That's a good, the subject. That's so. Idea. Uh, yeah, but I've I've heard them talk about it a little bit too. So the whole gold star thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it was uh, it, it was always um, kind of like a badge of honor within the lesbian community. It was like, oh, nice. you're a gold star. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 right. It's like a like an extra like being verified on Twitter or something. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you get like an extra check mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I love that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we'll have to figure that out for the apps. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta uh, find a way to make sure to uh, copyright that. I know. <laughs> uh, so you had done the top surgery and you do hormone therapy. Have you done anything else beyond that? Or do you have any plans for any other? I'm not sure what the, the procedures are called, but any other steps to take to uh, change anything? Yeah. Um, I, at some point, I'll, um, I'll most likely get a hysterectomy um, just because of the fact that um, by because uh, I, I take uh, I use testosterone I inject testosterone every two weeks, um, and um, over time the the uterus will uh, begin to begin to atrophy and sure. can create a lot of pain. Um, mm. And you know I've experienced uh, my my portion of that pain. I, my, my my period started last stopped last September, um, okay. so I haven't had it for a little over a year. Which has nice. been amazing. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, like a, a, a lot of trans guys will will get a hysterectomy um, to be able to help with that pain, or um, or just to be able to be like, no, I just want it out because it's a part of you know sure, being sure. female that I I don't identify with and that I don't want. Yeah. Um, and then as far as that. Um, I don't plan on getting uh, bottom surgery or, or phalloplasty um, because of the fact that I just don't really feel the need to get it. And there's also a lot of complications with it, like you can lose sensation. Sure. Um, and I, that's too much to give up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, that's not something that I, that I feel is important enough for me. Um, I know sure, that sure. there are guys out there that, that, that need it because they have body dysfo- um, bottom dysphoria. But okay. uh, but as of right now, it's like the top surgery um, has been 
just life changing. That's the best decision I ever made in my life was mm -hmm. was getting top surgery and uh, being on testosterone for the rest of my life. Sure. Yeah, and I've seen some of your pictures <laughs> and stuff, and it, it definitely looks really good. So. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I if I didn't read your hashtags on your posts, I probably wouldn't have even known. Oh I would yeah. Have just assumed that you were that you were always a guy, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a. Uh, it's it's a trip even for me like looking mm -hmm. back at my old pictures because i'm super into bodybuilding it's one of my favorite things to do um mm -hmm. and by being on testosterone I'm, I'm finally able to see the gains that i've always wanted to have in my body as, I, as i'm bodybuilding sure, so sure. it's 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 even more like reaffirming of my gender yeah. <clears throat> Plus, you probably have great recovery with taking the extra testosterone. Yeah, I mean, it's so. <laughs> it, it's definitely like it's it has a lot of pros. Um, yeah, more cons. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's why they don't allow it in a lot of sports, right? So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> right. Well, there was this whole thing in uh, in the UFC where they weren't really. They were kind of just like, oh, you know, guys got a prescription for it, so he's got to take it, and they were just getting guys that were getting like maxed out prescriptions and just getting juiced to the tits with it and yeah. and fucking just coming in all of a sudden these guys are like animals and they used to be kind of declining and then they come in and they're like animals and they're tearing people up and then they start testing them and they're like oh your testosterone levels are through the roof so I, no more testosterone <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know it, there's something to be said about like yeah you need to do you know hormone therapy to be able to bring your your t levels to a to a healthy uh level mm -hmm. that's one thing yeah um, but, but just you know, getting like, juiced up on it is not good right so <laughs> right not fair. Yeah. exactly exactly especially like with something like ufc like you have so much you can hurt somebody so badly yeah people can die i mean yeah it's and happened it's, yeah, so. it's like, it's one thing if you're doing it and you're just a gym rat and you're just doing it for aesthetics, like, cool, mm -hmm. like, do you, man? But yeah, exactly. When it's like actual, like, you're using your body as a weapon, mm -hmm. that, that gets into that really scary territory to your point and could kill someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know, people always try and find a way around the rules and then the rules change. So. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so what is the... the the future as far as um your your surgery and stuff you're just going to kind of wait and see on the the other stuff you're not you, you will do it but it's not like you have to do it immediately kind of thing yeah yeah i mean i uh i check in with my doctor like every three months because mm -hmm. we uh we check my t levels to make sure that they're at the right amount um mm -hmm. so that it's like neither too high or too low they're just right mm -hmm. um we check on like uh, I believe we check on my liver because um, it's like it, by by taking uh, testosterone it can have those side effects. You want to make sure that that your blood mm -hmm. count is good. Your you know your your body is is working properly. And um, as far as like getting the hysterectomy, it's you know my my doctor was just like you know you don't really need it right away. Um, you can wait ten years. Some guys don't even get it done, um, but. You know, usually about the 10 year mark is when a lot of guys will get it. And nice. that's usually the point where you start to really, you know, feel like, oh, I'm starting to have some pains. It's the mm. atrophy and, and all that stuff getting getting that taken care of. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, started to like move forward as far as uh, like like dating or anything like that or? 
Yeah. Do you have any sort of uh, interest in, in getting back into that anytime soon? Yeah, uh, funny you should mention that. Um, so I specifically took a break from uh, dating uh, when I got my top surgery. And sure. uh, just recently, sense. yeah, I just, I really just needed to like kind of get back into to my own body again and, and figure out who oh, I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but a mutual uh, friend of mine introduced me to this really awesome woman who I've uh, began seeing, um, who's uh, who's awesome. You know, I, it's uh, it's really new. It's it's fun and it's uh, it's cool to be able to experience dating a woman as a man mm-hmm. um, and having her see me as a man. Um, she knows I'm trans and she's like, right. yeah, you're a man and that's that's it. And um, it's it's a new experience that is uh, it's just it's probably the most gratifying experience I've had dating um, in a nice. really long time because of the fact that it's like I'm me for the very first time and yeah, yeah. someone seeing me for who I am it's it's pretty incredible. Nice. Yeah, it seems like that would make sense to take kind of time off because you want to sort of reassess and and kind of Mm -hmm. figure out who you are like you said and just get to know yourself all over again as now the the person that you always saw yourself as you know Mm -hmm. exactly exactly um yeah and I, i i was i was dating someone before i began my transition and i i ended it it was like beginning of of 2017 like january 2017 and I ended it with her because I just told her, like, you know, I I really need to be selfish right now and mm-hmm. do me. And I I feel like I need to transition and I can't be in a relationship because I'm just going to be about me. And that's mm-hmm. it. And not about, like, my family, yes. And my really close friends, yes. But an emotional relationship, I don't have... I don't have the uh, emotional capacity for it because this sure. is just such a a huge thing to take on. And um, now, what what's nice is that uh, I'm at a point now where where I'm really open to to the possibilities of, of what could happen with someone. So it's uh, it's sure. great. <clears throat> have you um, have you sort of gotten into? I know you said like you really are into bodybuilding, but have you yeah. gotten into any other? sort of hobbies or anything to kind of keep your yourself you know I always find because I I tend to be a little bit sorted on my emotional states at times too and it's like the more things that I involve myself in the less I worry about things that cause me anxiety which are going to shut me down from doing anything Mm -hmm. have you found other just like little things here and there to kind of keep yourself busy yeah, I mean, um, you know, with I, I would say like the YouTube channel is the big, mm-hmm. um, and just like you know my presence on on social media, I'm really active on Instagram, um, okay, Twitter, um, and just talking about not only horror films but but my transition and and, and bodybuilding, um, sure. and you know the the bodybuilding itself takes up just such a large portion of my time. It's something that I really love to. Um, to put a lot of time into it's um there's something about uh you know just seeing your body transform that that is just a a fun time for me i love i love lifting so i spend a lot of my time in the gym sure sure and if i'm not spending time in the gym i'm either uh editing a video for my youtube channel or 
I'm watching some some crazy uh, horror films that I that I want to review on my channel, mm-hmm. um, and that's like the other thing that I'm really into is I'm big movie collector. I have a pretty large uh, movie collection, and uh, I have a lot of uh, Friday the Thirteenth memorabilia that um, that's also a hobby of mine. I'm a big time collector of, of stuff like that. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I um, I lost count, but I have. I have like a ton of Jason action figures. I, uh, I I used to be much more into, and I'm not really as active anymore with with doing like forced perspective toy photography type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have like tons of, of Jason figures and just like in general horror figures and Star Wars and all that kinds of different universes. But um, yeah, he's always been like my favorite. I have a ton of Jason figures, more than any other single character, I would say. Oh yeah, same. I mean, just the he's just so visually cool to look at like between him mm-hmm. and michael myers like i love mm-hmm. the look of michael myers especially like yes yeah. the, the original and the new one um mm-hmm. and even like part six michael myers is pretty dope um but mm-hmm. jason is just like you have so many different special effects artists working on the mask and the look of him that you get so many cool different uh different variations of what Jason can look like in these different storylines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you um, have you ever had, like, uh, I guess, you know, issues with uh, depression or, or anxiety or anything evolving around this where you had to take medication? Have you found that, and if you did, like, did you, are you still or did you kind of fix everything now and you're, and you're getting better and not needing to take it or... Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, had a lot of anxiety. Uh, like, I, I would wear a binder when I would go out in public um, because okay. I wanted to be able to have as flat a chest as possible. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I would still have anxiety because it was just like I, I felt just weird in my own body. Um, mm. It. It's hard to explain, but it just it just feels like um, you're, you're trapped in a body that doesn't uh, reflect what's what's in your head and what's in your heart. Sure. And so I um, yeah, and I I had to take, and I'm still taking uh, Paxil, so that helps with my anxiety and my depression. Um, but what has also helped a lot is the testosterone. Um, that okay. has helped tremendously with my anxiety and my depression. Not only because it's uh it's helped me to be able to become the man that i am but you know it's it also just helps to kind of just make you more uh excited and have a lot of energy you're very enthusiastic because yes essentially you know especially as like a beginning in your transition as a trans guy you're like a teenage boy um Mm -hmm. like my hormones are like through the roof sure sure (laughs) and yeah it's just like any second it's like boom it just like a, a light switch just turns on um, right. so, <laughs> so it's it's been like that for you know, like a year and a half and it's awesome um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, you know it's like a, a whole new shift and it's really helped with my emotional and mental state um, yeah but, you know there, there's still those there's times where it's difficult like um, like recently with our current administration talking about uh, you know kind of redefining gender and oh i know trying it just you know the whole just trying to erase our existence and mm-hmm. it's uh it's painful it's hurtful it's uh sure. 
it definitely for that first week i i was depressed that first week i was really hit hard um because you know there's these people that are talking about you like you're a freak or that you're gonna do something to their kids when really yeah. it's like no man i just want to live my life i just want to sure, yeah. do my own thing i don't want to fuck with you i don't want to fuck with anyone i'm just right. being me and that's what you know i i could say for most trans people is what we all want we just want to be left alone live our lives and have the same rights and opportunities as every other american oh yeah 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 i know that i think it, it is unfortunate that the way things are now is the the loudest voices are like the most offensive ones mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of it is just trying to rally up people's people's outrage but also trying to rally up the the confused people and the people that are kind of in between and and get them to sort of sway to that side and i also think a lot of it is just kind of all a big distraction for bigger things that oh, they're yeah. planning that involve money and and bigger business stuff that they're like oh everyone's pissed off about us saying stuff about transgender people or or whatever and they're not paying attention to how we're doing this thing over here you know look over here look over here exactly (laughs) exactly and and that's that's the part that hurts especially Mm -hmm. because the trans we know what they're doing and it sucks it's like you're using us as a political pawn uh not only as a distraction tactic but also as a way to use that before uh, people get to vote, to kind of, you know, be able to tap into a a certain demographic that it's like, yeah, you know, we don't want, you know, there's only two genders. There's Uh no way that someone can be non-binary. There's your, what your genitalia is defines you. And it's like, no, it's not. There's studies that have been done that show that it's, a lot of it is in your head. That's where it comes from. And, um, yeah. Right. Well, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it's more ignorance than yeah. anything where people just don't know. And then they go, oh, well, these people are the ones that are supposed to be telling me what I'm supposed to think. So I believe them. Yeah. And it's, and that, it's and more just instead of trying to talk to somebody and be like, oh, no, you know, transgender people aren't child molesters or whatever the fuck kind of crazy thing that they want to spin yeah. you as, you know. Exactly. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so outspoken about mm-hmm. being trans um, between Facebook and Instagram, especially on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to be outspoken about it because there are so many people that have messaged me on either Instagram or Facebook that were like, I have no idea that you're trans and mm-hmm. you're the oh, first yeah, tra- yeah, and, and <laughs> you're the first person, you're the first trans person I've ever known and it's totally changed my perception of transgender people. Um, sure. That there's not really anything different between you or I, and mm-hmm. and I've become friends with these people. Where I'm like, I've I, I I've made these virtual friends on both Facebook and Instagram. Where, you know, they you can see the shift happen. Where they see what's going on and mm-hmm. they get behind you and your community. And it's it's really beautiful to to see that happen. Right. 
one last thing here before we wrap up, and yeah. what is the uh, what is like the the legality or I don't know what the right term, but like is there any sort of paperwork do you have to like file something or do you have to like change your driver's license? Is yeah, there any of that sort of uh, actual nuts and bolts type of bullshit that people oh, like, yeah. sometimes don't always think about. There's a lot you have to do. There's a lot of uh, of red tape. Um, so sure. um, to this is, this is America after all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the land of the red tape. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, to get my top surgery covered, uh, at least partially by insurance, um, I had to see a therapist. Um, to just make sure that it was like, okay, do you do you suffer from body and gender dysphoria? Because it is a sure. symptom. You actually are suffering from this symptom that is called, you know, gender slash body dysphoria, and you have to get that diagnosed. And to you have to see a therapist. I think I was seeing my therapist for like six months. Um, and once I asked them about. Hey, you know, I, I want to get my top surgery. They're like, yeah, absolutely, you got it because you know you are a trans man. You suffer from mm -hmm. dysphoria. Um, and then um, there is letters from your doctors that you have to submit when you go into the uh, the county courthouse to okay. be able to um, file for your name and gender change. Um, okay. The name change is the easy part. It's the gender part that is difficult. Uh, right. So, I'm sure they're, they're all looking at you weird and shit when you go in there. Well, like, thank oh, it's one of those people. Thankfully. Thankfully, I live in Oakland. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and like... Yeah, around here, it would be definitely looked at sideways. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, I, it's going in there, and it took me about a month, because um, I submitted my, my papers. It takes about a month for you to get into your court date. And mm -hmm. literally you go in this room and there was like one other um, trans guy in there besides me um, in the courthouse. Uh, and they basically call out your name and say, okay, you've been approved. Um, and they congratulate you, it was, which was so amazing. Like the, the judge was so cool just congratulating us on our, on our new name and gender change. Uh, okay. So yeah, you get your uh, your court papers done, and those are all like notarized by uh, by the court, your California seal, and then um, then you go to Social Security, um, get a new um, card. You still have the same number, but it just like your name and everything changes on your Social Security card, and then you go to the DMV to be able to change it there. Which the DMV is already a pain in the ass. Sure. True. Uh, and uh, going through and you're changing like your name and gender there sucked so bad. It took two different visits and I would say at least six hours um, mm -hmm. to just get that done. Um, just because of you know how much uh, just paperwork you have to do and how many calls they have to make between different offices to confirm, yes, this is your gender. Um, your mm -hmm. gender is male and, and just providing all that documentation. Um, and then of course there's like birth certificate, you got to change that. Um, <clears throat> I'm in a rush to get that done because of our presidency. I don't want to get that overturned and I'm considered female on my birth certificate, which would mm -hmm. suck. Um, so it's, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a process. You have to do a lot of, um, hurdles and, and, uh, red tape to get through. And I think that's something that people don't understand about trans people is that, for you to be able to fully transition, there's 
a lot you have to do. You you have to have thought about it for a very long time. You know it in your heart that this is who you are, and you have to prove it to so many people over and over and over again that it's like,、okay. yes, I am male. And whether or not you want to believe it, fine. But you know, don't make a law that says that that is not who I am.、Um, mm-hmm. It's denying the very core of who you are as a human being. Sure, sure.、Uh, it, it's it's、uh, great to see that things are you know working out so far you know for the most part in your favor,、yeah. and that I'm I'm glad to hear that you don't have as many horror stories of of growing up where you know you you actually did get beat up or you know some of the horrible shit that you hear happening to people as they're growing up for being gay or being trans or being different in some way. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that stuff didn't happen to you. I count my blessings about that. I mean,、uh, sure. Growing up here, especially like in,、uh, grew up in California. Growing up near San Francisco, like、mm-hmm. it's、yeah. so progressive. And yeah, it's like you get called names, but I've never been beaten.、Um, sure, and, sure. And it's I, I can't even imagine what it's like for、um, for especially young trans people and trans women of color. What it's like for them because it's it's already hard transitioning just emotionally and、mm-hmm. physically and mentally, but then to add in、um, outside elements, it's it's a lot to bear. Yeah, cool. Well, this has been pretty awesome and and very educational for me. So I appreciate the input that you've given, and I'm sure that. You know, just like me, a lot of people that listen maybe don't know as much, and will be interested to hear kind of the same types of things. And、uh, I think you know this was a, a cool experience for me because of you being somebody that I I didn't really have much of a prior relationship with coming into this format. I mean, the the show is is called Friends Till the End because I want to bring people in, get to know them, and become their friends. So.、Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to have somebody that I was not necessarily already friends with come on and then you know get to know you and become better friends through that situation. So, yeah, man, and I I really appreciate you reaching out and asking me to to come on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really cool to to be able to talk to you and um, you know, it, allow me to to share to share my story so candidly. I I really appreciate it, and I'm honored that you would、uh, that you would ask. Sure, me sure. Yeah, and I I don't like to I'm I'm a bit of a diversity seeker just because I want to learn about things that aren't my periphery and what I grew up with and what I know. Right. So I don't intentionally just go like, oh, I'm going to just grab any woman or any gay man or whatever、right. <laughs> to come in to do a show. But when I see somebody that I have things in common with and they seem like there's something that I don't know about and I want to learn about, then that also helps as well. So. It's、uh, it's it's nice to I, I try to focus to give a, a perspective from a lot of different people and and a voice of people that aren't necessarily my voice as well. So, I think that's great, man, that you're doing that. I mean, it、uh, it, it it definitely、um, opens up a, a, a great conversation. Yeah, thank you.、Uh, so before we wrap up,、uh, if you want to just plug all your stuff and let everyone know what your your channel and your social media and everything is, where they can find you. Yeah.、Uh, so YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is all Desmond's Flicks,、um, right. and、uh, yeah, just find me on there, Desmond's Flicks, and、uh, talk horror films. And、uh, 
you ever have any suggestions about movies I should check out or or reviews you want to see, be sure to let me know. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, I'll have to send you my my 2018 list of what I have seen so far to kind of compare so I can throw a few of the, the sleepers that I have discovered oh, yeah. your way. Yeah, I would love that. Please send them. It would be awesome. Nice. And as far as uh, for this show, I guess if anybody is listening for the first time, I will have plugged all of my stuff in the intro, which is going to be recorded after this, so I don't have to bore you with it again here. <laughs> and if it's not your first time listening, then you obviously know where you can find us. But uh, yeah, it just once again, thanks for your time and for kind of hanging out and just getting to know each other better and for sure we will we'll talk more outside of the shows but i definitely want to have you come on with with marco and i and we'll do a actual horror review show where we'll pick out some movies and talk about them yeah that'd be awesome man i would love that and thanks again for having me on yeah absolutely all right well until next time thanks for listening everybody and have a good day night evening or whatever time you're listening not many people get to say they experience puberty at 20 but my voice is breaking and so is my bank and every hour i have a breakdown now i'll finally look my age for the first time my body will be on the same page no more pretending to be 15 and when i buy beer i won't cause a scene i've got hairs on my face and my heart starts to race when i think of all the possibilities of my second puberty no more time for being unhappy it's a strange thing i'll admit i'm finally committed to getting fit okay i lied i eat five meals a day but i wouldn't have myself any other way cause it's puberty and i'm happy for all the voice breaks in mid-song and if you're in the same place where you're saving face it's time to let go and just be happy it's a pain in my ass and i've got no class but i don't even care if I lose my voice or lose my friends or even lose my hair, I'll be happy. I get headaches when I think about all the times I was on the brink. If only I knew I'd make it through and if you're ever in doubt, I know you'll make it too. It's not a small thing take the leap. I had so many nights of losing sleep, but now I'm better than ever before. I'm loving myself and I'm smiling more cause it's puberty and I'm happy for all the voice breaks in mid-song. And if you're in the same place or you're saving face, it's time to let go and just be happy. It's a pain in my ass and I've got no class, but I don't even care. Cause if I lose my voice or lose my friends or even lose my hair, I'll be happy. I had 16 years of lying to myself. And two more years of proving it to everybody else And now I've got a life
have time to figure it out and just be free All I've got to do is make it through my second puberty Cause it's puberty and I'm happy for all the voice breaks in mid-song And if you're in the same place or you're saving face It's time to let go and just be happy It's a pain in my ass and I got no class But I don't even care Cause if I lose my voice or lose my friends Or even lose my hair Well I'm happy